Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. So every year uh, in the, the couple weeks leading up to Thanksgiving, I have a little bit of anxiety uh, because I'm on turkey duty. And I only make a turkey once a year. And yet it's the weight of that turkey, right? It's the centerpiece. Even, even if people don't like turkey, everybody acknowledges that it, like traditionally it's kind of like the center. Now some of you have moved away from that and do prime rib and crab and things like that. I don't want to hear about that. Um, <laughs> so for years I've had to, to, to figure out how to, to, to make this turkey. And the anxiety comes when I when I go, hey, I think last year was pretty good, and I cannot remember what I did last year. And, and every year, you tweak it a little bit. And, and thankfully, now, we live in an era where I can pull up on YouTube like hundreds of videos of guys saying exactly what to do to make the best turkey. But no matter how much I prepare for it and inject it with things and soak it in things and smoke it for hours, I'm still nervous about it. I still, I still wish I could know like, that, I, that I could just be confident about it. It's different than like putting a pizza in the oven, right? Thankfully, my turkey turned out OK this year. And I didn't really take notes, which is really dumb of me. So next year, I'll have the same anxiety I'm sure that I have this year. So th- think about this. If you could pick uh, one thing from the future, that, that's going to happen that would be guaranteed to go according to plan. And, and you would know ahead of time that it was going to go according to plan. So if you could pick something that you would know would go according to plan, what would that be? So that you could just rest a little bit easier today. Would it be, oh, I'll have the right amount of money in my bank account so that I can retire? Will it be, oh, my, my kids will be, will, will be living a good life and their needs will be taken care of? Uh, what, would that, what would that be, that thing in the future that would allow you just to rest and be a little bit more at peace? Well, as we talked about, this is the season of Advent, and Advent was the culmination of hundreds of years of prophecy about this Savior, this Messiah who would come. And this, the Sibigualo family just uh, read to us the, this uh, anticipation that we see in the prophets like Isaiah that spoke of this coming. And you can imagine that the, the people, the, the Jewish people have been sitting with these promises and these prophecies for generations, for hundreds of years. And prophets played this key role in the society. They, they would point the, the people of God toward the will of God. And they would then ultimately be pointing that will of God. They would be unveiling that about the arrival of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9 through verses 6 and 7 says this. Very familiar passage this time of year. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. This prophecy was given to the people of Israel as a way of pointing them forward to the thing that you want to know the most, that you desire most, will happen someday. But how long? From the moment this prophecy was given, 
it would be 700 years. 700 years. But it would happen. This arrival that was pronounced by the prophet Isaiah, 700 years later, Luke chapter 2 records, glory to God in the highest heaven and on peace to those on whom his favor rests. Do you know who said that? It was the angel to the shepherds in the field pronouncing that this night the prophecy of Isaiah would be fulfilled. The prophecy that the one that was coming would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. As I was praying about this Christmas season and about what's going on in our world, and there's so many themes that, that come out during the Christmas season, the one that stuck out to me the most was that last name for Jesus, Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace. And so that's going to be our theme for this Advent season. Peace, peace on earth. Over the next weeks, we're going to be exploring what this concept means, how Jesus fulfills it, and how Jesus is the source of it. If uh, you find it difficult in the Christmas season to slow down, if you find it difficult to keep Jesus the center of your celebrations, we hope that it, at the very least our Sunday gatherings will be a place for you to find that, to find where Jesus is the center and where you can, even just for an hour and a half, have some peace, have some rest. But I would encourage you to, to even push back on some things outside of our Sunday gatherings that might disturb that. And so we have a, a resource uh, page on our website. Just look for Advent or we've given you some, some, there's some readings there, some, some, things, some practices where you as an individual or as a family can um, ensure that Jesus is the center of your celebrations. So if we're going to talk about peace this year, we probably need to define peace. What is peace? When the, when the house is, is hectic and a parent just says, I just want some peace, right, and quiet. <laughs> Peace and quiet. Or during war, which we have happening right now in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia, there's a cry for peace. No more conflict. No more war. We even have what, a sign for that coming from, back from the 60s, the peace sign. What is peace? Sometimes peace may feel like when we're in our happy place. Anybody have a happy place? My happy place is the ocean sitting on, the, on the, the shore, standing on the shore. This last summer, we got to go visit my family who live on the Northern California coast. And the very first time I walked out to the, to the shore and I stood ankle deep in the water and I almost just started crying because it's my happy place. So grateful to be there. So what is peace? How about you? When you think of peace, what comes to mind? The Hebrew word uh, for peace is the word shalom, shalom. It's one of actually the most important words in scripture because it is directly connected to both who we are and what we need. Who we are and what we need. And it also moves us to who God is and what he offers. Depending on the context, um, shalom in scripture can be um, translated a, a few different ways. So if you see these English words in your Bible, they often, the Hebrew word behind it is often shalom. Uh, shalom may be prosperity. You have what you need. Shalom may be well-being. 
that you are, um, everything is okay, you are complete and whole. Shalom may be about good health or wholeness or safety. In this way, we see a kind of a, a broader picture than just like the idea of absence of conflict or just rest. Shalom is uh, about being a fully integrated person. Like all of these things are in place. You are complete, you are whole, and it's not an outward, inward thing. It's an inward to outward thing. Some of you know what it feels like to be, to have shalom, but some of you, maybe you're not sure. Maybe it's been a long time. On an interpersonal level, shalom can refer to good relationships, so the absence of strife. Maybe some of you felt that this last um, week. You, you wish you had that. Or maybe it was a, a culmination of that where you get to see family that you haven't seen for a long time, and it was just a beautiful regathering. So on a personal level, shalom or peace can refer to good relationships. But in many ways, in many cases, shalom interpersonally is even bigger than that. And it, again, speaks to the idea of being complete and whole. Listen to Psalm 122, which says this. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Within these four verses is a picture of shalom, of security, of right relationship and prosperity. All of these are the ingredients for peace. Now, do you notice where we're expected to find the source of peace? Where does it start? Pray. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And so while peace manifests itself in the practical realities of our lives, the true source of peace is spiritual. It cannot be gained by war. It cannot be bought by a certain level of income. It cannot be granted by only surrounding yourself with people that you like. <laughs> peace, true peace, is deeply spiritual. Psalm 85 says, I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people. If God's people keep their focus on him, the Lord will keep them, as Isaiah chapter 26 says, in perfect peace. On four occasions, we see that the, the source of peace being, this, being deeply spiritual comes from God, and God talks about making a covenant of peace, either with an individual or with a nation. So the idea of shalom, the concept of shalom, is rooted in the character and nature of God himself. It comes as a promise to his people that he will give it. And so all peace, true peace, only comes from the Lord. He is the foundation of peace. Any other, any other way to get peace that the world will try and create or develop will always fail unless God is the foundation of it. And this type of peace that God promises, it comes as a result of, a rest of restored righteousness. 
It's part of his justice that he makes all things whole and new again. And that is where we find peace. And so circling back to the passage from the prophet Isaiah, we see that God with us is our peace. The Apostle Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 2. There was a society that was racially divided. And the Apostle Paul says in chapter 2, he says that Jesus, when he came as the Prince of Peace, he came to remove the dividing wall of hostility. And and then the Apostle says, he, Jesus, is our peace. Not, Not... Changes in society or a certain type of education or a certain type of political party in power. Jesus himself is our peace because he restores what is right. So all peace comes from God. And at the center of it, God is protecting, providing, and healing and restoring people and nations. So these things that God provides allow us to exhale and be at peace. Why? Because my peace is not dependent on me. My peace comes from God, the promise maker, the one who covenants with us. So with this in mind, we might also ask, because this is a very real reality, what robs our peace? If, If shalom is provision and protection and right relationship, then it's obvious when we're experiencing the opposite of those things when we don't have what we need, when relationships are broken, that we don't have peace. And many of you this morning may be feeling that deeply as the holiday season often magnifies it, doesn't it? Provision, protection, right relationships. Oh man, I don't have those things. Not how I need them. And then these things become magnified because it's out of these things that the greatest thieves of peace live. Anxiety, worry, fear, anger. What's fascinating about the story of Jesus is that a short time into his life on earth, there would be a significant event that threatened to take the life of the Prince of Peace. Can you imagine hundreds of years of prophecies, the Prince of Peace finally shows up and there's this king named Herod who wants to kill him. Herod thought that his peace was being threatened because he was about to lose control. This, this prince has been born. This, this new king has arrived. I must take control. And so Herod makes orders to kill every baby two years and under. And Jesus and his family have to flee the country for the fear of their very lives. Sometimes the things that steal our peace are within us, our own issues in life, but just as often they are out of our control. As Ben talked about earlier, there was two murders in Renton just earlier this week. Then a few days later in Fairwood, just about a mile from where we live, There was another murder in an apartment complex. Peace was shattered. But the reality is, is those events of, there was peace had been broken for a long time before that moment. In our church family, um, our sister Caroline, her father just passed away in Uganda. And she had to 
jump on an airplane with her mother and yesterday and fly to Uganda so you could be praying for her. Peace, again, taken as a loved one has been taken. We have in our church family uh, people that have lost their jobs recently. We have people in our church family whose health is on the edge. So oftentimes what, just, what takes our peace from us is completely out of our control. And so we might ask, how do I find peace? And if today you are dealing with anxiety because of the circumstances in your life, I want you to know that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, knows what that's like. He knows what it's like to have attempts on his life, to have people against him, to have dysfunctional relationships, to have his very life threatened. And eventually we know it would be taken from him. Jesus knows what it's like to be us. He's experienced many of the same stresses that you and I have, and he understands the reality of the broken world we live in. You know what's amazing, though, is despite all that he endured, Jesus never let the fear, anger, and anxiety of others cause him to forget his identity as the Prince of Peace. He wouldn't let them steal who he was. He wouldn't let them knock his purpose off mission. Jesus could still, even knowing what would happen to him on the cross, he could still have peace despite the circumstance. This morning, you may be right in the middle of a, of a situation that has stirred your emotions to the point where you feel like your whole life is just disintegrating, where you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And if you feel that, know that Jesus wants to be right there with you in that. He's experienced that himself. And this is why we need to stay connected to Jesus and we need to hold fast to his words. In John chapter 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. It's going to happen. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So our peace is found in Jesus. In Jesus, we have the living word of God that, like the prophets once did, points us to what is true. And what is true is that Jesus takes our disintegrated lives and he restores them. He makes them integrated. And I don't know what's happened to you in your past or what all is happening in your present. I don't know what you're worrying about in your future. But what I do know is that if you'll let him, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, has the ability to transcend all of that and to give you a peace that can never be taken. The angel's announcement wasn't a, a cutesy Christmas moment to be put on greeting cards and mantles. The angel's announcement was a declaration that things were about to change. Listen to this again. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So in the middle of family chaos and, and financial chaos and, and chaos in our health, chaos in our world, the peace of God is promised to those of us that have placed our faith in him. That's who the angels had in mind when they made this announcement. One of the things I most often pray for people is the words of Philippians, 
which says, may the peace of God which transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Transcends understanding. In other words, you get peace when it doesn't make sense to have it. And how can we as believers say that? Because our peace comes from Jesus. Knowing what he has accomplished and knowing what he's going to return one day to fully do. We can exhale when our bank account's low. We can trust him when our health is failing. Because one day, he is going to return and make all things new for those that have placed their faith in him. Amen? So I just want to, I want to end with three questions for you to consider throughout this week. First question is, the favor of God is given to us through Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Have you received him into your life? Have you received him? Peace on whom his favor rests. Those that have said yes to Jesus get that favor. And so we get peace. Have you received Jesus into your life today? The second question I'd ask is, if you can't remember the last time you had peace in your life, do you know what is keeping you from experiencing it? I'm, uh, I'm so admittedly terrible at diagnosing my own stress. Things could be burning around me, and you'd say, hey, Andrew, how'd your week go? And I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> what typically happens is my body tells me. My heart starts palpitating. I can't sleep at night. I lose weight. Sometimes we don't even know. We're not even aware of what is keeping us from experiencing peace because we've been living in it for so long. We've become dull to it. Whether it's our own sin or the environments that we willingly put ourselves into. And so I'd encourage you, if that's you, if you can't remember the last time you had peace and you don't know what is keeping you from experiencing it, to ask the Prince of Peace to show you. And then lastly, how can you be a peacemaker this Christmas season? Matthew 5, 9, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That's who we are. So how might God be calling us? I tell you what, there's no greater gift that you can give somebody than the gift of peace. That may require you humbling yourself, knowing somebody that you've wronged and asking for forgiveness. It may, it may require you biting your tongue and not saying what you really feel. <laughs> so you might be a peacemaker in that moment. I'd encourage you to, to consider how you might, for the next four weeks, be a peacemaker among your workplaces, among your family, and among your neighborhood. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the peace that you give that is not dependent on our good works, but on your love toward us. We thank you that we, can, we get to live in the second advent where you've already come, where your peace is already available because of what you've done. And yet our world still is broken. Our lives still have troubles. And so we remember your words to take heart that you have overcome the world through your death and resurrection. And so because of that, we can have peace that doesn't make sense to have because it comes from you. So may we, be, we receive that anew. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. And may we truly be as children of God, peacemakers in this holiday season. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. You've been listening to sermon audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.